News, talk, and sports. WQKR Portland, 1270 AM and 101.7 FM. And now, Portland's news brought to you by Portland Natural Gas. Police are still investigating a violent shooting that took place Sunday during a child's birthday party at the Chapel Ridge Apartments on Airport Road in Gallatin. There were about a half dozen children at a birthday party when the violence erupted. The children were between 4 and 12 years of age when the incident began after a fight broke out between two grown men. The kids were between the ages of 4 and 12 and they were scared to death, said Captain Lamar Ballard. When the first officers arrived at the apartment, they heard kids crying and found two people had been shot. One of the victims was 12 years old. The other was the 12-year-old's father. Police have identified him as 31-year-old Dakari Turner. According to investigators, Turner and a 25-year-old man identified as Dewan Williams got into a fight at the party. When Turner allegedly stabbed Williams, Williams went out of the apartment and got a 40 caliber handgun. Police said the 25-year-old man then waited in the breezeway for several minutes, bleeding badly, and investigators found his blood on walls and around the stairwell. Then, according to police, when Turner and his 12-year-old son left the apartment, Williams reportedly approached them and opened fire. Police said Williams fired at least five times. Turner was hit in the arm and both legs. His son was shot in the knee and foot. Williams then fled the scene. Turner, the man who reportedly stabbed Williams in the initial fight, will be charged with aggravated assault. Williams, the alleged shooter, will be charged with two counts of attempted second-degree murder, along with being a felon in possession of a firearm, tampering with evidence, and reckless endangerment for the children inside the apartment. Ballard said it's amazing that none of the children were hit by the array of bullets fired just outside in the breezeway. All three victims are being treated for their wounds, and none of the injuries are believed to be life-threatening. Hendersonville police arrested a man accused of trying to rob a market, possibly at gunpoint. Police said the suspect, identified as 30-year-old Douglas Hutton, entered the Mapco station at 157 West Main Street with what was believed to be a gun by the employee while he was demanding money from the man at the register. Police said the thief then fled the scene before he got any money. Using license plate reader technology, detectives identified the suspect as Hutton. 
He was later arrested by Metro Police on a violation of probation warrant. He's been charged with attempted aggravated robbery in Sumner County. A Gallatin man is facing a long list of charges after he allegedly crashed a golf cart while under the influence Monday night. It happened in the area of Plantation Boulevard on Halloween night. Authorities say Nathaniel Rubright was driving the golf cart with three children and a woman when he crashed. He's since been arrested and charged with driving under the influence, reckless endangerment, and possession of a handgun while under the influence. One person was killed in a crash involving a Tennessee Highway Patrol vehicle and two other cars Tuesday morning in Springfield. It happened just before 11 a.m. in front of Payne Chevrolet at the intersection of Memorial Boulevard and Bill Jones Industrial Drive. The Highway Patrol released a preliminary statement. They said a trooper was attempting to catch a speeding driver on Highway 41 when an SUV attempted to turn left and collided with the trooper's vehicle, which then collided with another car. The Highway Patrol said 62-year-old's driver of the SUV was pronounced dead at the scene. The trooper said the driver of the third car was taken to a hospital where he was treated for minor injuries. The Wilson County Sheriff's Department is asking for the public's help in locating a 19-year-old girl missing for two days. Michelle Jo Lynn Van Cleef was last seen in Mount Juliet near the Benders Ferry Road area. She is described as being five foot three with blue eyes and brown hair. The only item she may have taken with her is a wallet containing her ID and a bank card. Anyone who has seen her or who has any information about her whereabouts should contact the Wilson County Sheriff's Department. It was frightening moments for a family in Lebanon after they say they were hit by an arsonist. The Fight family woke up in the early morning hours Sunday to what sounded like a series of explosions and found their cars in flames. Asleep on the couch, McMurray Fight said the flames were just feet from her son's bedroom window. In all, five vehicles were damaged in the driveway, including their church van. A part of the home was also damaged. Officials with the Lebanon Fire Department say they've closed their investigation that the cars were too damaged to determine a cause. For convenience and cost efficiency, a gas-heated home is your natural choice with natural gas provided by Portland Natural Gas. When you have natural gas in your home, you can have savings in your bank account. Natural gas is the most efficient energy source and can save you up to hundreds of dollars a year compared to other fuels. So for the energy cost you can live with, make the natural choice. Natural gas from Portland Natural Gas. For more information, call 325-6776. Portland's news has been brought to you by Portland Natural Gas. While the hosts and guests on this program are encouraged to express their views, they do not necessarily reflect those of the ownership or management of WQKR. Good afternoon, Sumner County. You're listening to the Loyal Opposition. I am your host, Len Asante. You're listening to WQKR. Ah, The weather is 70 degrees. Tonight will be clear, low of 48 degrees. Welcome to another episode of the Loyal Opposition, the show that believes that nations like ours benefit when government reflects a diversity of voices and makes room for dissent. That is us. That's why we're here, to air the voice of dissent to the supermajority's policies and ideas. Today on the show, Democrats allege... <laughs> Today on the show... <laughs> Today on the show, Democrats allege voter suppression in the Tennessee 7th. Political violence, political violence in our nation escalates. GOP leaders stay mum. Voter turnout continues to be low in 2022 and we'll be speaking with Tennessee Democratic Party Chair Hendrel Remus. All right, let's start with the news. At a press conference in Nashville today, Democratic leaders assailed alleged voter suppression tactics in the newly drawn Tennessee Congressional 7th District. 
as a consequence of new gerrymandered districts designed to divide Nashville into three safe Republican seats instead of one Democratic-leaning seat, the lines dividing districts in at least one case were not clear. As a result, some voters who thought they were in the 7th District were actually in the 6th and cast their ballots for the wrong congressional race. This happened when a precinct was divided between two different districts. Some voters voted in the incorrect election due to no fault of their own. Unfortunately, there is no recourse for these voters, and as of today, their vote stands. Their votes have, they have no recourse, their votes have been tallied. To me, this does not sound like active planned voter suppression, but rather the consequences of drawing district lines with an eye towards partisanship and not simple proportional representation. If the districts hadn't been redrawn, this would not have happened. Intentional or not, this is the fault of the Republicans who drew the districts, and they should apologize to the voters who are disenfranchised. Next up, political violence is on the increase in this country, as the evidence of January 6 clearly showed. More recently, we see the attack on U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband in California, and more locally, we see the example of the now-deceased Mark Thomas Reno. Reno attended the January 6th insurrection, then two weeks later fired a shot into the door of a Planned Parenthood clinic under construction in Knoxville. He later burned that clinic down to the ground. He was also indicted earlier this year on charges that he fired into the federal office building in Knoxville on July 3rd. What is most disturbing here is the lack of response from our GOP elected leaders. To my knowledge, Governor Bill Lee has not publicly condemned any of these acts of violence in Tennessee, and some in the Republican Party at large, including Donald Trump Jr., have almost made mocking comments regarding the attack on Paul Pelosi. Should we not be surprised then that people feel emboldened to act violently when our leaders fail to condemn the violence? In the words of Ashley Cofield, president of Planned Parenthood of Tennessee in northeastern Mississippi, when politicians use hateful rhetoric against abortion providers and support extreme laws like the total abortion ban we have in Tennessee, it shouldn't surprise us that some people believe real-world violence is justified. Fires need fuel, and politicians are all too eager to provide it. Once again, Republicans should apologize to the voters for not condemning acts of violence against our nation and against individuals. Item number three, early voting continues in Tennessee and in Sumner County. Out of over 120,000 registered voters in Sumner County, as of the end of business yesterday, 18,974 have cast a ballot. That is approximately a 16% turnout. Early voting continues tomorrow, tomorrow being the last day of early voting, uh, and then early voting ends until the general election next week. Folks, we can do better. I know we're up over the 14.5% we registered in the August election, but 16% voter turnout uh, in an election this important, well, it deserves more. People are saying, well, there are no important races this time around. Well, we have locally, we have a very important mayoral race here in Portland where we have an incumbent going against two rather interesting challengers. We have a Gallatin mayor contest where the incumbent is also has some interesting competition. And of course, we've got uh, the race for governor of Tennessee where uh, wishy-washy Bill Lee is running uh, for re-election. And we'll talk more about his opponent later on in the show. Uh, but folks, you know, those, these are important races. If you've noticed what's happened in Tennessee in the last four years, if you've seen the attacks on public education, if you've seen attacks on certain groups of individuals, if you have seen unusual budget priorities, if you've seen no-bid contracts, if you've seen a wishy-washy response to the pandemic, right, Bill Lee is the, finger to point, is the person to point the finger at. He is responsible. The buck stops with him. He must be held accountable. It is your responsibility to vote election day next week. All right. Uh, folks, a little commentary before we go to our first break. Um, we've, there's a lot of elections this year. This is going to be our third election in Tennessee this year. We had one in May. We have one in August. And now we have the big one here in November. I know a lot of folks are tired of going to the polls, tired of voting, tired of the political process, tired of the yard signs and the mailers. 
but it is an important process, and it is important to our life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is important uh, to us as Americans. If we want our democracy to thrive, if we want our democracy to survive in times when it's been under threat like never before in our history, the best thing, the easiest thing we can do is to vote. Show that Americans still care about who their leaders are, and that counts at the federal, the state, and the local level. When we get back from our break, we're going to talk to Chairman of the Tennessee Democratic Party, Hendrel Remus. This is Lena Santi. You're listening to The Loyal Opposition on WQKR. Hello, my name is Joseph Smith, and this November 8th, I'm voting for Kisa Fowler for Tennessee State Representative District 44. Kisa Fowler has Tennessee values and is a proven leader. Now, more than ever, Sumner County needs a representative that will put people before politics and work across party lines to do what is best for all Tennesseans. If you love this great state of Tennessee like I do, I'm asking you to join me in voting for Kisa Fowler this election. Early voting starts October 19th and ends November 3rd. Election Day, November 8th. Let's move Tennessee forward. Vote Kisa Fowler for 44. Paid for by Friends of Kisa Fowler. The Portland Sun is our local hometown newspaper where we can find out all the news about our friends, neighbors, businesses, schools, churches, and everything going on in our area. Every week, the latest issue of The Sun is full of the news we want and need, and it's only $20 a year for a subscription to get it mailed directly to your home. The Portland Sun, our hometown newspaper. For a subscription, call 615-384-6212 or go to theportlandsun.com online and click on the Word subscribe. No one told them. No one warned them about the house on Willow Lane. What is it? It's the house. It's it's alive. Here, Looney. Have you seen this energy bill? Ah, this house is robbing us blind! If your house is an energy thief, TVA and your local power company would like to help make your home more efficient and lower your bills. To learn more, visit energyrights.com. We're CEMC. The Sumner County Anti-Drug Coalition, an organization dedicated to ending drug abuse, is now the Sumner Prevention Coalition. But their goal is the same, helping Sumner County residents with drug abuse problems turn their lives around and get on the road to recovery. Their mission is to unite people with vision, commitment, and resources to provide solutions to eliminate substance abuse and make a difference for youth, families, and individuals in Sumner County. The coalition and its staff of experienced professionals in the field envision a healthy, safe, and thriving community free from substance abuse of all kinds, tobacco use, prescription drug abuse, and underage drinking. Find out how the Sumner Prevention Coalition can help you, and you can help the coalition. Visit them online at SumnerCoalition.org. That's SumnerCoalition.org. Oh, welcome back to the Loyal Opposition. I'm your host, Lana Asante. You're listening to WQKR Portland. It is 70 degrees and cloudy outside, low tonight, uh, 48 degrees and clear weather. Okay, just as a reminder, folks, the uh, text question line is open. If you've got a question for me or our guest, you can text those to area code 516-440-6310. That's 516-440-6310, or post a question on Facebook Messenger through our Facebook page. And reminder, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Loyal Opposition. And, of course, the, web, the, station, the station, the show's website, sorry about that, www.theloyalopposition.online, where you can listen to uh, all of our previously recorded shows. Okay, onward and upward. Our guest today on The Loyal Opposition is Hendrel Remus. Hendrel is the chair of the Tennessee Democratic Party. Uh, chairman Remus, welcome to the show. Lynn, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad, I'm glad you were able to make some time to come on up and join us in Sumner County. Uh, 
I always like to start off with a, a softball before we get into the hard <laughs> stuff. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did your journey in life end you, uh, lead you to sitting in a chair in a radio station in Portland, Tennessee on a Wednesday afternoon? <laughs> well, <laughs> I grew up in Memphis, uh, fourth of eight children born to a single mom who never graduated from high school. Wow. Uh, grew up in poverty. Uh, went to uh, went to college on on Pell grants and, and student loans. Uh, right, you're like Democratic poster boy, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, actually, got uh, and I, I always tell people, you know, my first foray into politics was being registered to vote in my high school cafeteria uh, uh-huh. when I was a senior in, in high school. Uh, went to college. Uh, I was working uh, during my college years. I ended up running for state house of representative. Got mm. gotten bitten by the Obama bug, uh, and I wanted to be a kid of hope and change. So sure. I ran against uh, Joe Towns. Oh. At the time, he was an 18-year incumbent, Democratic yeah. incumbent. I spent about a thousand bucks, got 25, uh, 20, about 20 percent of the vote, and uh, walked away from that race really uh, imagining um, what politics could be if ordinary, more ordinary people stepped up and, and got involved and really got ingrained in their communities. Uh, began to help other candidates out with in-kind contributions and just stayed the course. Uh, moved from Memphis to Nashville, working in the private sector. I was a Middle Tennessee operations manager for, uh, for a corporation and ended up leaving the private sector and uh, going to work in, in higher education. The whole time I was still involved in politics. I was uh, serving as an ex-officio member of the state executive committee. Uh-huh. And uh, when the uh, the previous chair announced that she wasn't going to seek re-election, uh, I thought that my skill set, uh, professional skill set at the time, and my uh, love and passion for politics kind of were the right combination to begin to put our party on track for uh, for rebuilding and rebranding and, and growth towards the future. So here I am today as, as state party chair, first African-American to have the job. They tell me I, I'm the probably the youngest, in a, if ever. Uh, so <laughs> at least as long as I've been around, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, but it's been exciting, and it's been uh, it's been good work. My wife, uh, my wife and I, um, we we dedicate ourselves to this uh, really for the sake of our children's future. We have a young young son, young daughter, and uh, and just trying to make sure that uh, that we leave behind a better nation for them, a better state for them, a better community for them, and, and, and that's right. one generation looking out for the next. I think that's actually one thing a lot of people don't realize about people who are in, uh, elected officers or party people such as yourselves, that uh, it really can be a strain on the family, and it really takes the support of the family to, to make Absolutely. it work. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people about running for office, and you know they, they didn't have the family behind them, so they couldn't do it. You know, so uh, so it sounds like your wife has uh, got your back. Huh? Absolutely. Truly a family affair. <laughs> Excellent. That's great. All right. So listen, what does the Tennessee Democratic Party chair do? What's your job? Um, to take all the darts and arrows. No, I'm just that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> to, uh, I consider this position as being the convener of all things Democrat in the state. Um, from stakeholder organizations to initiatives that will um, will that will move the needle for vo- for for voters, you know some people believe that our sole purpose is to elect Democrats. Uh, I like to make the argument that you know our goal is to elect people who are going to help make other people's lives better, better. Um, and that's finding the best Democrats to run. That's making sure that we have the resources to support those Democrats. But also, there's a national. Uh, component to this job because we have to interface with the DNC anytime they're trying to do something inside of the state, anytime the White House wants to do something inside of the state, we become pretty much that liaison. Um, right. And right. in addition, uh, we are, I think it's our responsibility to make sure that uh, that we're increasing voter registration, that we're increasing awareness so that voters know when they're being purged or when they're uh, seen as inactive on the on the voting rolls. I think it's our responsibility to connect the dots from county to county so that uh, voters understand and Democrats understand what resources are out there and then creating a pipeline uh, for for those resources to be dispersed in a way that can see can help aid and and see Democratic growth. Uh, But most importantly, I think it's our responsibility to make sure that people understand that there's a um, that, that there's a very different narrative 
that there is a very different contrast to what the other side is offering. And it's our responsibility to make sure that people understand the values and the ideas and the policies that we are fighting for and how they uh, impact and will affect their lives. So, right. Um, it looks like you had a chance to do your job earlier today. Uh, if you were listening at the beginning of the show, I reported on what happened in the Tennessee 7th or 6th or a piece of both, I guess, depending on how you look at it, with uh, some folks voting in the wrong election, as it turned out, because the maps that one the Secretary of State had didn't match what the uh, elections folks had. Uh, and, and as a result, it looks like some people cast a, a ballot in a race they weren't supposed to vote in and won't be able to cast a ballot in a race that they were, that they were supposed to vote in. So uh, what did, when TNDP heard of this, what was your guys' reaction? Well, well, just a small correction. It actually impacts all three districts, five, six, ah, okay. and seven. Five, so six, and seven. voters okay. from every one of those districts, were, I found out from the Secretary of State's office today, were impacted. Uh, the Secretary of State actually reached out to the state party on, uh, on yesterday evening. You know, they're, they're pretty good at trying to notify us when there's an issue and, to, and trying to hit it off. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk in depth, but f from what we were told uh, overnight last night, they went in and rectified, worked with the county uh, election commission to rectify the problem. Supposedly, it's fixed. It's still up. Uh, that's still to be determined. We've had uh, boots on the ground at uh, various polling locations across the across the uh, across those districts today, uh, trying to make sure that uh, voters understand how to report if there's an issue. Trying to uh, trying to make sure that they have an outlet to report if they have any uh, issues that that's related to uh, the debacle that we've seen. Um, but upon hearing this, you know, the first thing that comes to our mind is. Uh, that Republicans have, over the last couple of months, over the last year, uh, created this cloud of doubt about our elections, created this right. cloud of uncertainty about whether or not they're free or whether or not the votes are accurate and, and correct. And voter apathy is already a, at an all-time high. Voter turnout it's at an all-time low. Yeah, voter <laughs> turnout's at an all-time low. And to, and to have this sort of a situation uh, pop up at this critical moment when we're trying to do everything we can to re-engage voters and, and, and rebuild confidence in the voting process, I think it's unfortunate. And I also think it shows a, uh, a characteristic that we've seen from the Republican Party time and time again, that regardless of if it's in the governor's mansion or if it's at an election commission, you know, their leadership, the, the failure of their leadership is on full display at almost every level of government that they, uh, that they have control Absolutely. of. I, read, I think I read today in one of the Midwest or Western states, they have a candidate running for secretary of state whose part of his platform is he wants to make voting harder. <laughs> and I mean, that's, and that's, to me, that sounds like about the most un-American thing you could possibly say. And, and yet, they, he has a very good chance of, of winning. Uh, so I think that's... So, uh, Producer Charmaine, should we take a break? Or we got yeah, time for a break? All right, folks. Charmaine says break, so we break. When we come back, more with uh, Chairman Hendrel Remus. You are listening to The Loyal Opposition on WQKR. Why choose the Farmers Bank? We've been serving our community since 1912, and we still manage our business locally. This means that when you need banking services or a loan, we don't let a computer or someone thousands of miles away make our decisions. We make decisions locally. We visit with you in person. We shake your hand. We get to know you and your family. The Farmers Bank is a community bank built on trust and quality customer care and service. Visit us at any of our 11 area locations or online at thefarmersbank.net to see the Farmers Bank difference. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Cash is king at the Mint Gaming Hall this month. You need cash, and we have it. Play with your Mint Rewards card to earn entries every day. Then join us for your chance to win up to $10,000 cash on Fridays at Kentucky Downs and Saturdays at Bowling Green. You know cash is king, and we aren't messing around on the weekends at the Mint Gaming Hall. TheMintGaming.com has all the details. Cash is king, baby. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When it just got The, I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. 
Get two of your breakfast favorites for only $5. Crispy chicken biscuit, sausage muffin with egg, or sausage egg and cheese McGriddles. Only at McDonald's. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Who should get your vote for Portland Alderman? You should want an alderman who respects the position, who would never use it for personal reasons or risk placing the city in a bad light. You should elect an alderman who has a proven record of supporting a we the people philosophy. You need an alderman who has no special interests, belongs to no special groups or cliques, no favors owed, no paybacks, and has nothing to gain by the way they vote other than the advancement of Portland. Your alderman should be unmovable, steadfast, and fight with a passion for what they believe. And that belief is derived from the citizens they represent and not a personal agenda. Who should you trust with your city council? Your alderman should vote your choice and be available and ready to explain their vote to the citizens. Your alderman should be honest and fair. If you want all this in the person you vote for, you have one sure choice. You should vote for me, Mike Hall, for alderman. I've shown you in the past four years that I stand for all this. I was also awarded the Sumner County Municipal Legislator of the Year, and I don't take the job lightly. All who know me know how much I love serving Portland, and I don't expect nor want anything in return because it's my town. I live here, and I want the best representation that you can have. It would be my continued honor to serve, and I would appreciate your vote. The preceding paid for by Mike Hall. Good evening, Sumner County. Welcome back to the Loyal Opposition with your host, Lena Santi, here on WQKR. It is 5.32 p.m., 65 degrees and cloudy here in Portland. Low tonight will be 48 degrees with clear skies. Continuing our conversation with Tennessee Democratic Party Chairman Hendro Remus. Uh, Chairman Remus, uh, people say Democrats will never win again in Tennessee outside the cities. Tell us why they're wrong. Well, you know, in, in some cases they might be right. You know, just to be honest, in some cases they may be right. But uh, I believe that if we are going to be competitive in this state again, if we're going to break the supermajority, then we've got to expand our reach outside of, outside of the cities. Uh, I like to look at things through a philosophy of running up the numbers as big as we can run them up in, in our, in our uh, blue democratic cities expanding them outward as much as we can, creating a purple halo in the suburbs, and then closing the margins in those, in those, red, uh, in those red areas across the state. Uh, you know, what we've seen across the country in states that uh, President Biden was able to turn, um, turn blue in 2020, you know, we saw big numbers in the cities, but still a sea of red in, 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 in rural parts of the state. So... I think if we're going to uh, have, have traction in rural communities, again, that's outside of the city, I think it starts at the local level, investing in local candidates and county commissions and aldermen and, and county mayors and county trustees and property assessors and sheriffs and making sure and school boards and making sure that we create a pipeline where we're seeing Democratic candidates uh, grow uh, from local seats to state seat uh, to, to state level seats to general assembly seats to statewide federal seats possibly and I think if we follow that um, if we follow that model if we make sure that candidates understand that they need to truly understand their communities and be running on the on a platform that truly reflects the needs of their communities, then we'll stand a, a much better chance of ma making traction in some of these red areas uh, right now. Uh, right now, we know that uh, we're in one of the most hyper-partisan environments that we've probably seen in, in, in decades upon decades. And uh, it's hard for Democrats to break through, just as hard as it is for us to even begin to want to entertain the radicalness that's coming from the Republican side. So we've got to make sure that we're talking about those issues in a way that can truly uh, connect with voters in the communities that, that we represent. And I think it starts with investing in local candidates 
involves uh, investing in county parties and then growing outward. Uh, I think that has to be the long-term strategy for us because we know we're safe in a lot of a lot of the cities, as, at least from the general assembly and the county level and the municipal seats. Um, but if we're going to make traction in red areas, then then we've got to make sure that whatever that message is, it's not some cookie cutter approach to trying to put a national message gotcha. inside of a gotcha. inside of a community that has a Republican control. Uh, tell us why Dr. Jason Martin would make a better governor than Bill Lee. Well, I mean, number one, if that's in case, that if that's truly oh, your oh, opinion, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, tr I, tr I truly, I truly believe that. I mean, uh, Bill Lee has been probably one of the most fickle governors this state has ever had. He doesn't even have control of his own, of his own caucus, of his own legislative agenda inside of the inside of the state legislature. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, it's it's like somebody holding on to the tail of a lion and that lion swinging him from side to side, and at some point. He's going to swing around far enough for him, for him to grab and bite him. And for him, that lion is a general assembly that is reckless, that is radical, that pushes a fringe agenda, and he's fully on board. He's become a rubber stamp. Dr. Jason Martin is complete, total opposite. Here's a man who's been standing up for and looking out and caring for people his entire professional career. Here's a man who's been in the classroom at, at a minority high, a institution of higher learning, making sure that we can put more African-American doctors in, inside of hospitals. Here's a man and his family who has, uh, who has tried to make sure that the message of ordinary people can resonate in a way, looking at his life, uh, his, family, his family, and his upbringing. Uh, he understands the needs of ordinary people, and that's the biggest that's the biggest difference between the two. We have a governor who ran for uh, ran for governor as this holier than thou man of faith who was mm -hmm. going to put family first and all these great things, became governor and unleashed absolute hell on the lives of ordinary people. Uh, the difference between he and Dr. Martin is that Dr. Martin is actually a genuine person. Um, to this point, he's lived up to his word, and I have no doubt that uh, that if elected governor, he's going to continue to live up to his word, and, and he's put forward a policy and a platform that's truly centered on making the lives of ordinary people better. Okay, thanks. We have a saying around the show here about Governor Lee, uh, never met a bad bill. He, <laughs> he refused to sign but wouldn't veto. He's <laughs> terrible. Um, uh, why should we vote for, uh, let's m make it a little bit more local, uh, why should we vote for Kisa Fowler for state representative instead of William Lambert? Well, I mean, I just talked about how, how out of control this uh, Republican legislature has been. On almost every radical issue, Lambert has been right there in the mix somehow, some way. He has been, he has been too, uh, on this quest for more power, for more influence in the Republican caucus, and by default, uh, anything that the uh, that, that that the speaker has tried to push through that does not benefit or uh, that does not benefit ordinary people, he has been the greatest cheerleader for it. Uh, here's a here's a uh, rubber stamp again uh, inside of the state legislature on almost every radical bill that's been put forward. Whether it's trying to sell our schools to the highest charter bidder, whether it's uh, restricting uh, uh, restricting access to health care to over nearly 400,000 people who need it, a, a bill that we already pay for, health care that Tennesseans already pay, pay for, for out of their own tax dollars. <laughs> whether it's attacking, back, yeah, yeah. whether it's attacking kids and, and what they what they can learn in school, what teachers can teach in school whether it's making sure that we're not just putting forward some phony form, uh, funding formula, but uh, some, some real substantive funding that not only makes sure that our educators are, are paid fairly, but also gives our kids the tools and resources that they need to be successful. I mean, he's been opposed to almost every single thing that can, that can help better the lives of people uh, right here in Sumner County. And that's been the trend all across the state for Republicans, and uh, their voters have gone to the polls and continually rewarded them for making their lives worse. And I think that's been unfortunate. Exactly, exactly. You know, um, because, and, and you know, that kind of leads me to my, my next question. You know, I, I think one of the things that I've seen working in Democratic politics in Tennessee for 22 long, horrible years now <laughs> is uh, that, you know, 
Democrats know who they are. Republicans know who Democrats are. But Republicans certainly don't define us the way we define ourselves. They label us differently, right? They, uh, they tell us, you know, that Democrats are want to, you know, kill your babies and steal your guns and want to get you to marry a gay person or, you know, whatever it is. And uh, uh, they do a better job labeling, uh, labeling us than we do labeling ourselves, it seems, it seems sometimes. And so when people go to the polls and vote, um, it's almost like, yeah, well, these Republicans, they're doing some crazy things. But, man, those Democrats, they're going to steal my guns and kill my babies, you know, so I got to vote for William Lamberth, and, and of course that's not true. Um, you know, you, you're the head of the party and you don't look like much of a baby killer gun stealer <laughs> to me. I don't know. Um, seems like a nice guy. <laughs> uh, how do we fix that? You know, how do, how do we, we, we need to take back who we are. Yeah. You know? uh, look, I don't think Republicans do a whole lot well, but one of the things that they've mastered all across the country is that their message, they're always on message, no matter who mm -hmm. they're talking to, where they're delivering that message at or what that message is, all of them are always on message, even if it's the worst message. I think we care so much about so many things, sometimes we get pulled in so many different directions. We end up defending on the defense, defending who we are more than we're making Republicans defend who they are. They're much more terrible than the roughest picture they can paint of a Democrat. How we get through that is making sure that people understand where we are on the issues. I, I tell folks all the time, look, I'm a gun owner, but I'm also a father who has to make sure that that gun is taken care of responsibly. Sure. I've also had to stand in a classroom and teach teachers and small kids how to survive active shooters who may come inside of those classrooms. The message we should be talking to people about is not only how do we keep the how do we keep dangerous weapons out of the hands of folks who are seeking to do carnage and 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 increase violent crime in our communities but how we make sure that when it comes close to the holidays that second amendment loving um farmer doesn't have to pun his hunting rifle just to put a decent meal <laughs> on exactly. the table <laughs> and for so long we've we've allowed them to control the narrative on many of these issues. And for us, we've got to step up to the plate and begin to talk to people in a way that that, that message will resonate. And I think talking about those bread and butter issues in a way that, that really will impact the local communities is going to be uh, extremely important. One of the things that I, I consider a legacy project for my term is that we had a focus group crisscross the state talking to ordinary people in all communities and just wanting to find out how people talked about, how ordinary people talked about the issues. So they did things like when we say health care, what's the first word or phrase that comes to your mind? When we talk uh, about it, when I say education, what's the first word or phrase that comes to your mind? And then from there, we were able to take that research and build a communications document up and embed it into our 10-year plan so that we're talking to people in a language using words and phrases that's already resonating with and are being redundantly used across the board. Right. So it's that, it's that type of smart strategic planning that we've got to try to do and then getting all of all of our Democratic uh, stakeholders on the same page, whether that's folks who are in elected office, folks who are running for office, county parties, or, or even just stakeholder organizations that align with our ideas. We can all sing the same song. We need to all be singing from the same sheet of music. We'll sing in different keys, but it will be the same song. And if we Way can off get, key if it's yeah, me. <laughs> if, we can, if we can get there, I think we'll be in a much better place. It's that I call it the, the radio effect. You drive around hearing a song on the radio, that, and you say, you know, that song sucks. I hate it. But then eventually you're singing along with it because you've heard it so much. We've got to get to that same point of redundancy. Republicans have done it well. We haven't. That's, that's the theory behind the loyal opposition. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, actually, the reason why this show exists is because the owner of the radio station thought there needed to be a, a, more, a more diverse voices in the, count, in the county uh, and that uh, people need People need a choice. Yeah. People need a choice. All right. If someone was crazy enough to want to run for office as a Democrat, <laughs> and I know there are people out there who've done that. I've, shoot, I've done it myself. <laughs> what can or does the Tennessee Democratic Party do for candidates? Well, what our big focus has to be moving forward is really building out a true candidate services division within our state party. Mm -hmm. What I've learned uh, during this election cycle is that so many campaigns 
um, need resources, need knowledge, need training. I think, number one, we create a pipeline of candidates and start training them early so that we're already moving them through a process where they understand hey, here's what you need to do, here's what you need to be committed to doing. They shouldn't eventually jump into a race for office and think, oh, the state party is going to bankroll this campaign or going to manage my campaign. But what we can do is make sure that when there's cost-saving opportunities for them to reduce the cost of campaign expenditures, we'll pass those costs on. When it comes to making sure that uh, we have resources that might be beneficial uh, if our staff uh, can help them with video production and we can contribute that as an in-kind contribution if they want to be a part of a coordinated campaign that allows us to help them put organizers on the ground in their communities. I mean, there's a number of things that we could do. But the basics, how to run for office, Mm -hmm. how to file the paperwork, mm -hmm. you know, communication strategy. I mean, we could do a lot of the basic things, put them in, put them in front of folks who can help train them. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but they've, there has to also be a willingness to sure. say, uh, you know, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And especially if it's a first time candidate running for office, many first time candidates face a, a, a bigger hurdle than folks who have run before because y you learn a little bit the first time, yes. but, then, but then you learn even more the second go round. Mm -hmm. but you've got to have a state party that's willing to, uh, willing to invest some time and resources into making sure that we can connect the dots. Okay. Thank All right. Um, I think we have to go for a break now. Before we go on a break though, uh, I want to, I'm going to try and squeeze in two more questions okay. when we get back from the break, <laughs> the break. And I want you to think about something while we're on break. Um, I'm going to posit that the Tennessee legislature is more conservative than the people of Tennessee. I'd like to stew on that statement for a little bit. Folks, we'll be right back after this break. You're listening to The Loyal Opposition with your host, Len Asante, here on WQKR Portland. D.T. McCall is your neighborhood mattress superstore at 1220 Scottsville Road in Lafayette and online at dtmccalls.com. Queenset started only $499.99 at D.T. McCall for beautiful Amish handcrafted beds and many national brands, too. Dr. J's Spinal Series queen-size bed started just $15.99.99, and 12-month 0% interest is available. Some restrictions apply. Also this month at D.T. McCall, high-quality, good-looking LG washers and dryers are on sale, starting at just $649.99 each. Frigidaire and Samsung refrigerators, freezers, and ranges are all on sale, too, with big savings and mail-in rebates. Friendly hometown service, great savings in every department, convenient financing, and free delivery within 125 miles of Carthage. Shop where we shop at WQKR. D.T. McCall, 1220 Scottsville Road in Lafayette. Hey, join me, Kenny Mann, right here on the queue for Wednesday night's Triple Play Sports. It's every Wednesday, and Elijah Jacobs, Phil Tucker, that's Triple Play, and it's right here on the queue. Man, we're talking sports. You don't want to miss it. See you there. Planet Fitness Triple Play Sports, every Wednesday night from 6 until 9 on WQKR, broadcast live and on location from Planet Fitness in downtown Portland. Hey, Portland. This is Megan Thompson, one of your current city aldermen. I'm running for re-election and would love to have your support. As a Portland native raising my family here, I am passionate about the progression of our great city. I've learned so much these past four years and would love to have the opportunity to serve another term. If you didn't participate in early voting, you can cast your vote on Tuesday, November 8th. Voting will be from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and you must vote at your designated precinct. Check votesumnertn.org if you're unsure where to cast your vote. Again, this is Megan Thompson asking for your vote for re-election as Portland Alderman on November the 8th. Paid for by Megan Thompson Campaign Fund. 
What does Kasasa mean to you? If you have a checking account, Kasasa means free banking. That's right. Kasasa Cash and Kasasa Saver are free, reward-based accounts offered only at Volunteer State Bank. No minimum balance to earn the rewards, no monthly service fee, free online banking, and nationwide ATM fee refunds. It's a free checking account that rewards Volunteer State Bank customers with high interest for every month you qualify. Available only at Volunteer State Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Now you can join Planet Fitness and get the PF Black Card for zero enrollment, $24.99 a month, and get all the perks. I love perks. Do you love having access to 2,000-plus locations? Yes. Bringing a friend every time? Hashtag friend goals. And recovering with massage chairs? Who doesn't? Get the PF Black Card and feel spectacular. Zero enrollment, $24.99 a month. See Club for details. Welcome back, Sumner County. Uh, this is your host, Lena Santi. You're listening to The Loyal Opposition on WQKR. We're speaking with Tennessee Democratic Party Chairman Hendrel Remus. And I'm going to try and squeeze in a couple of final questions before we call our hour quits. Of course, as always, folks, stay tuned for Triple Play Sports after us. Uh, Chairman, Mr. Chairman, I left you with a statement there. I said that I posited that the legislature is actually more conservative than the people of Tennessee. And the reason I, I said that is because if you look at the polls, if you look at the opinion polls uh, that are run, you know, the majority of Tennesseans, for example, you know, favor Medicare expansion in this state. Uh, majority of Tennesseans favor some limited forms of gun control. Uh, a majority of Tennesseans would like to see a, you know, fairer process for elections. And, um, but yet the legislature doesn't respond to them, um, despite the fact that, uh, you know, they should be representing us. So, so that's why I, I think that's – what do you think about that? Well, you know, I, I think that they're more, they're more hypocritical than, than conservative. I think they sway whichever way, uh, whichever way uh, lobbyists push them. One of the, I, I, and I'll take one issue, for instance, uh, legalizing medical marijuana. Another one. There you They're go. One Perfect. Of the, one of the highest polling issues mm -hmm. in, the, in, in the state across the board. But Republicans won't touch it because, you know, Big Pharma and all these folks have, have swung in to try to control the narrative. Um, there's yeah, a, even the majority of Republican voters favor some sort of absolutely. So I, I wouldn't even say that they're I wouldn't even say that they're con, more I wouldn't even say that they're more conservative. I think that they they grab hold to this this minority thought pattern, this minority idea. They know that the more conservative part of their base is actually the voting part of their base. They know that mm -hmm. the, exactly. the the conspiracy theory side of their base is driving the narrative at the polls for them right now. So they tend to go whichever way the wind blows. Um, I think, see how fast the conspiracy yeah. theories came out with the Paul <laughs> Pelosi attack? Absolutely. I mean, less than 24 hours, and they were already raging. I can almost guarantee you that most of these guys, you know, now some of them may, some of them a little bit off their rocker, but I, I think a lot of these folks don't even believe half of the stuff that that they're out. Oh yeah, I absolutely um, agree with but, that. But but it's become it's become a struggle for power. I'm going to do whatever I think is going to keep me in power. And if there's only a minority uh, if the minority of folks voting is actually the majority of folks voting, then I'm going to appease them in any way that I can. And I think the only way we we break that cycle is by ordinary people common sense folks standing up to vote them out of office or to push them so close to losing a seat that they understand that they have to change the narrative. It's almost like dealing with that, that double whammy now where we hear the president talk about mega Republicans versus uh, ordinary Republicans. Right. Um, and, and I think that's what we see in our, our state legislature. We, yes. see, we, see, we see this ultra-conservative Republican that's driven by a, a, a fringe element of their party because enough ordinary folks or, or normal Republicans or Democrats hadn't stepped up to, to hold them accountable at the polling. Yeah, we're seeing that in Sumner County with the so-called, um, they call themselves the Constitutional Republicans, and I argue they don't really know much about the Constitution, nor are they Republican. For example, they don't seem to care at all about property rights. Uh, 
But uh, yes, it's a very extreme element that even moderate Republicans, and I've had multiple moderate Republican office holders, people who are holding office in this county, tell me that they think those people are crazy. One even said to me that uh, they prefer hanging out with Democrats because Democrats are more fun. <laughs> <laughs> At least we know when to shut up. <laughs> exactly. And actually, that's an excellent segue because we are just about out of time. <laughs> well, Mr. Chairman, uh, any uh, before we sign off, any closing thoughts? Well, obviously, we're in the middle of an election right now. We've got one more day of early voting happening. If you hadn't voted early, go out and vote early. Uh, if you hadn't voted yet and you don't get a chance to vote early, Election Day is next week, November the 8th. Make sure you go out and vote. Uh, we need every Democratic vote that, that we can get to make sure that uh, we're, we break the supermajority and put uh, some common sense back in control uh, uh, at the state legislature. And it's going to be a long journey for us, a long path forward, sure. but every election counts, every vote counts, and, and every, every movement of the needle that we can make, we should be trying to make. And, uh, All right. All right, uh, folks, for those of you who haven't voted but would like to, tomorrow is the last day of early voting, and you can vote early in Gallatin or in Hendersonville, in Gallatin at the Nashville Pike Church of Christ from 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and in Hendersonville at the Church of Christ from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Next week on The Loyal Opposition, your guess is as good as mine, but we'll have someone that we're going to talk with. <laughs> okay. Uh, up next is Triple Play Sports. Oh, and if anyone is interested, uh, uh, Chairman uh, the Sumner County Democratic Party is hosting a reception for Chairman Remus at the party headquarters in Gallatin uh, at, uh, starting at 6.30 tonight. So if you all would like to come on down and meet the chairman, maybe ask him a question, maybe shake his hand, uh, see what's going on with uh, Democratic politics in Sumner County, you are welcome to come on down. Uh, knowing the party, there'll be uh, food and drink for all. Until next time, this has been The Loyal Opposition with your host, Lenny Santi, Sumner County's most hated radio personality. It is 65 degrees and cloudy in Portland tonight, but it will be 48 and clear when you wake up tomorrow morning. Uh, you stay safe out there, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Did you know that practicing gratitude promotes a positive mindset? strengthens your self-esteem, reduces stress and anxiety, and improves sleep? Hi, Michelle Harbin, certified nutrition coach and owner of Harbin Hollow Local Market here. Being in a state of appreciation is a large part of my daily wellness routine. Since opening Harbin Hollow, I give thanks daily for the many opportunities our little market provides. I'm grateful for the farmers and small batch artisans who share their crops, products, and talents with us. I am grateful for our team and the sense of family we foster. And I am beyond thankful for the Portland community and each of you that continually chooses to shop small and spread the local love. Visit Harbin Hollow Local Market to enjoy local meats, dairy, baked goods, bath and body products, handmade jewelry, and more. Remember, 67 cents of every dollar you spend at a local small business stays right here in our community. Join me in a moment of gratitude for the opportunity to support so many local folks. And come see us at 809 North Broadway in Portland to shop local today. Here's an important message from Portland Natural Gas. Always looking out for your safety. Think you have a gas leak? First, evacuate the area. Don't use matches, electrical switches, flashlights, or telephones. And report it immediately by calling Portland Natural Gas at 325-6776. If you think the leak is serious and a real danger is present, call 911. Portland Natural Gas. Looking out for your safety and providing cost-efficient heating and cooling for Portland residents. This area's most complete selection of building materials is at Portland Builders Supply, 462 North Broadway in Portland. They have everything for your home improvement project. Friendly professionals are happy to answer all your questions at Portland Builders Supply. Go by today. Serving your home building and remodeling needs for more than 30 years. Portland Builders Supply, 462 North Broadway. They're the pros, and they're waiting to help you. Start your holiday shopping and make plans to attend the 49th Annual Harvest Craft Show on Saturday, November the 12th, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Richland Park Gym. The craft show is sponsored by the City of Portland and the Portland Parks Department. Swag bags will be given to the first 40 customers.